Praise the Lord. All right, this morning we're going to talk about who you are in Christ, what you have in Christ. Now, I have to give you several scriptures, and just for a little bit of time's sake here. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.17, perfect place to start. And um, a part of what we would call the Apostle Paul's revelation. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 basically is a description of his own life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ. So this is a little bit more than just being in church. Uh, somebody said, you can be in a garage, don't make you a car. So he's not talking about us just being in church or going to church or being church members. He's talking about what happens when you make Jesus the Lord of your life. And he said, if anyone is in Christ, one writer actually described what happened when you got born again, when you made Jesus your Lord, is he said, you got in Christed, in Christed. So you made Jesus your Lord, and now you are in Christ, or really the only uh, translation that, that, that uh, gives you a little different uh, picture of it is the Amplified Bible. Actually, most theologians say do not try to uh, amplify the two words in Christ because they're a technical term in Paul's revelation. And those two words actually let you into secrets and mysteries that have been hidden for generations. So the two words in Christ, in him, in whom, and the Amplified Bible is the only real translation that will uh, modify those two words very uh, the amplified bible which we call the women's bible because it has more words so you would know that they would be the one that would modify the two words in christ so what the amplified bible said which turns out to be very very accurate that if any person is engrafted into christ engrafted so to be in christ means that you've been engrafted into him you've been joined to him You are in union with him. Just like a vine and a branch. Same life that's in the vine flows in the branch. Amen. Like a head and a body. That your head and your body. Come on, go by the same name. Amen. <laughs> Whatever's in the head's account's in the body's account. And so when you made Jesus your Lord, he says you became a new creature. And the word new there simply means new in kind, not new in time, like it's, you know, a new week or something like that. You became a new kind. New in kind means like a new kind of human, which Paul calls the new man or the new human. So it's the most radical change you ever make in your whole life is when you make Jesus your Lord. And what happens is... This happens on the inside of you that Paul says your spirit is joined to Christ. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. Your spirit engrafted, joined to Christ. So whenever your spirit's joined to Christ, that doesn't mean, you know, you got the same body, right? You got same brains, you know, have same struggles sometimes with your mind. But the real you, the part of you that is most like God, Created in the image of God. I know when, when I went to high school years ago, we had a, 
a biology teacher that tried to tell everybody that there's two kinds of living things. <laughs> Years ago. And his name is Mr. Cates. So he smoked a lot and he's choked and spit and cough all the time, you know, and you're like, so I have to put up with this for an hour every day in the biology class. And he, biology is a study of living things, right? So he said, we're going to study living things, and spit and all that. So. so he said, there are two kinds of living things, two kinds, only two kinds of living things. There's plants and there's animals. You got the plant kingdom, you got the animal kingdom. In the animal kingdom, you got animal life. In the plant kingdom, you got plant life. <laughs> well, I was, you know, 16 or 17. So he said, I want to know how many of y'all in here are plants. So everybody just kind of sat there, you know. And then he says, how many of y'all in here are animals? And Few people raised their hands. He said, "Let me reiterate. Let me. There's only two kinds of living things. How many of you are alive? We all raise your hand. Only two kinds. How many plants? Nobody raised hand. How many animals? Well, he finally got everybody to raise their hand on the animal, except for me. I wouldn't raise my hand." He goes, <laughs> Mr. Hankins. I remember like it was yesterday or so long ago. <laughs> Mr. Hankins, are you a plant? I said, no, sir. Then you must be an animal. I said, no, sir. Mr. Hankins, what are you? <laughs> I said, I am a spirit made in the image of God with the God kind of life and in another kingdom. He said, he said, we're not talking about religion. I said, I'm not either. <laughs> and so we know in the beginning when Adam sinned, he died. He died spiritually. But we know that Jesus, the last Adam, came to give us life spiritual life, the God kind of life, and that puts you in the kingdom of God. So you're not a plant, you're not an animal. You're made in the class of God, and your spirit is joined to Christ. Amen. And your spirit joined to Christ means there's a whole new dimension to you that very seldom does your body or your intellect even acknowledge. Let's try this out over here. I said, there's a whole new dimension to you that very seldom does your mind, your intellect, or your, your senses doesn't even register. Maybe a few times in your life you can remember when the realm of the spirit that you realize you're different than your dog. <laughs> and I know it may be a cute little poodle, but you are different than your dog. Come on, you're different than your horse. <laughs> and you can hug a tree, but you, you're different than a tree. <laughs> but that you are an eternal spirit being. 
which means after this world and after this life, what happens after this? Wow. Well, man, Paul tells us that man is made up of three parts, spirit, soul, and body. So there's three dimensions to you. But the moment you make Jesus the Lord of your life, your spirit comes alive. And you're in a new kingdom. And you're a new kind of creature that never existed before. <laughs> All right, let's try this. I said you're a new kind of creature that never existed before. Come on, Jesus didn't come just to forgive your sins and to try to help you do better. Jesus came to give you life, eternal life, the God kind of life, spiritual life. And that life is the same life that raised Christ from the dead. And that life's in you right now. It's overcoming life, resurrection life, it's the God kind of life, it's devil defeating life, and that life on the inside of you will actually increase your intellect. Don't look around right now, but I'm just telling you, I said that life on the inside of you will make you smarter than the average bear. I'm telling you, you got the life of God on the inside of you, and that life will increase your intellect, actually enhance your personality. And will quicken your mortal body. Man, you can just get up every morning and say, I got the life of God on the inside of me. I got the God kind of life. Amen. So it is that life that makes you a new creature. It's the life of God. So you may look like a regular person on the outside, but when you open your Bible and you find out who you are, Come on, you ain't what your mama made you. You're not what your mistakes made you. Come on, you're not what the environment made you. You are the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus under good work, which God before ordained that you should walk in them. Man, he made you a masterpiece. Come on, there's something in you that is a supply from God to this generation, and you carry that life on the inside of you. And the devil will do everything he can to keep you in the natural, in the intellectual, in the entertainment. But the moment you step over in the realm of the spirit, you say, that's who I am right there. That's, that's what I was made for. I'm, I'm a new creature in Christ. Praise the Lord. So sometimes we say that we don't kind of really register exactly what we're saying. I am a new creature in Christ. So he says, old things pass away. Well, it's the best way to get rid of some old things. Let's try it again. Old things pass away. And he said, and everything becomes new. Everything. Or you could say it this way. Jesus didn't come just to add something to you, make you a little improvement. Jesus came to make you a whole new kind of human that never existed before. So you may look like a regular person on the outside, but on the inside of you, Paul says in Romans 8, 11, you have the same identical spirit that raised Christ from the dead living on the inside of you. And he says he will quicken your mortal body or give life to your mortal body, which includes healing for your body, but it also includes more than just healing. That life in a mortal body changes even the way you feel, your emotions, amen, the pressures, come on, even temptations that may come against you. You got the life of God on the inside of you. 
So now let's go over here to Galatians 2.20 because he says, old thing passed away, everything's become new. So the Lord told me one time, Galatians 2.20, the Lord told me, he says, uh, uh, he says, <laughs> he says well, I guess I got a little vision, a little picture of that. When Jesus, he said, when Jesus was raised from the dead, he said, um, I, I, I sure hope that helped you a little bit. Easter, you know, as we come to church, you know, and when Jesus raised from the dead, you know, he says, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I was able to help you if you're having a blue Monday. So the Lord said, Jesus did not come from heaven, take a body and become a human being, not for one generation, but for eternity. Come on, there is still a human at the right hand of God. Come on, and he's the archetype and the firstborn of a new kind of human. Jesus is Lord. So he embodies the last Adam, the new creature. In other words, God put into Christ everything he wanted us to have. Come on, we lost all that. So God put into Christ everything he wanted us to have. The love of God, the authority, the blessing, the victory he put into Christ. So that the moment you got saved, you are now what? In Christ. So I learned this. I was 17 years old because Dad Hagen came to my, my dad's church. So when he came to my dad's church, um, he would stay for two weeks, sometimes three weeks, every morning, every evening for two or three weeks. And most of the miracles would happen the second week because people would get a saturation point in their faith, and then the miracles would take place the second week. So he wouldn't even take a meet for less than two weeks. So when Dad Hagen came, he's teaching on faith, you know, and there's different facets to faith. But while he's teaching on faith, you know, whosoever's having whatsoever, move mountains, and I'm just like 17, I'm like, really? You can actually get anywhere in the world from that light right there. So, so while he's teaching on faith, man, all things are possible if I can understand faith and how faith works. Well, then he taught a lesson called Seven, seven Steps to the Highest Kind of Faith. I thought, well, if I'm going to mess around with this, I want to get the best kind. Come on, I don't want to get the lowest kind of faith. I don't want to go ahead and get like, boom, what is the best kind of faith, the highest kind of faith. So he said, if, if you want the highest kind of faith, number one, he said, you're going to have to know who you are in Christ. Because if you don't know who you are in Christ, well, something like this the Lord said to me. He said, never let your struggle become your identity. Come on, because you're going to have some struggles. You're going to have some challenges. You just, once you know who you are in Christ, you say, that might have happened, but that ain't who I am. All right, let's try this out over here. In other words, you just don't let the struggle come on and then define yourself by that struggle. The only definition of yourself in the picture is in, in Christ who you are in Christ. So Dad Hagen said, there's 130 in Christ scriptures, and I want you to go through the 130. I was only 17 years old, and so he said, I want you to go through. So I went through all 130 of them. And I ended up with 35 because some of them are very uh, are greetings. But there's 35 super significant, phenomenal scriptures. 
So I studied those 35, and then I studied them in 121 different translations. So translation comes from the Greek, so I want to know, what's the different, uh, different views of what happens when you make Jesus the Lord of your life? Your identity changes. Because my dad, great pastor, so, you know, I couldn't compare to him, you know. He's a great pastor. So here I was. I started preaching 17. Well, Dad Hagen came along, and he said, <laughs> he said, you just look a lot better in Christ than you do outside of him. Hmm. So that means you'll have to learn to see yourself in Christ. So I had to go over those 35 scriptures until I could see not, come on, that I'm my dad's name, Billy Bob. So we need to know we're from Texas. My dad, my mom's named Velma. So Billy Bob, everybody knows my daddy. So when I started preaching, I said, I am not just Billy Bob's son. Come on, they said, that's my head, Billy Bob's son. They tried to do that with Jesus. They said, Joseph, Mary, we know his mother. They live right down the street. You say, yeah, but <laughs> I'm something different than that. All right, let's try it one more time. In other words, even Jesus had to what? Come on, know who he is. And so Jesus was constantly confessing, acknowledging his identity. Come on, didn't get that from Joseph, didn't get that from Mary. Let me tell you who I am, where I came from, what I got in me, and let me tell you where I'm going. And the devil was so intimidated by that. I mean, just like... So once you know who you are, where you came from, what produced who you are is the love of God and what God did for us in Christ. Woo, man. This is like a series already, isn't it? So you got like 35 in Christ scriptures in union with Christ. All right. Come on, if you got direct TV or something. You, you hitting a satellite up there. That satellite signal coming right there in your house, and it's playing. So that means whatever's playing up there, come on, if you watch an NBA game or NFL game, whatever's playing in Dallas is playing in your living room. You are connected. When you're connected to Jesus, whatever's playing on the inside of him is playing on the inside of you. Amen. And you ain't just hooked up to Fox News and CNN. You say, I'm connected to Jesus. Amen. In other words, I'm connected, joined to him. To know your identification and who you are in Christ. He said, if you want the highest kind of faith. I said, well, let's just go for that. Right? You ever got hit right in the mouth? Come on. <laughs> it's like Mike Tyson talking with that high-pitched voice. <laughs> Mike Tyson, he talked with a high-pitched voice. He is the baddest man on the planet for a while, right? He talked with a high-pitched voice. And so if somebody, somebody got in a good fight with him, and, and he said, Mike, uh, what, what was your plan in there? He said, well, everybody got a plan until you get hit in the mouth. So everybody got a plan until you get hit in the mouth. And I guarantee you, you start declaring who you are in Christ, the devil going to pop you right in the mouth. And you say, but I'm thinking to pop you back, baby, because I ain't talking about religion here. I'm talking about the reality of I've got the life of God on the inside of me. <laughs> All right. Y'all go to Galatians 2.20. Praise the Lord. 
Amen. You know. How many of y'all ever got said, I'm blessed, I'm prosperous. Come on, I'm washed in the blood, and you went home and Tuesday, bam, I got hit right in the mouth. You know. So if you're not fully persuaded, you can quickly go from the highest kind of faith right down to the lowest. Hmm. Are y'all ready for this? All right, I took psychology in college, and I did pass because they had multiple choice tests. And I'm extremely lucky. If I wasn't saved, I would enjoy gambling. So... Actually, I was preaching in Las Vegas, and the pastor, I was waiting for him to pick me up for church. I had all these quarters in my pocket, you know, and so he's going to pick me up, and so I thought, I wonder what that does, huh? I'll put a quarter in there. I can put three in there. Man, I won $75. Just a quarter machine, right? So I went out to get in the car, and the pastor said, what you got there? I said, I just won $75 a machine right there. He said, did anybody see you? I said, I think everybody saw me. I was real happy about it. I said, don't be upset. I'll put an offering tonight. <laughs> said, don't you act like you never gamble. I know some of y'all gamble. You're on the stock market today. You are gambling. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> so in psychology class, here's what I learned, psychology class. They call it determinisms. They said there are three kinds of determinisms. Determinism means who you are, what you can do, and how far you can go in your life. The parameters of your success, three determinisms. Number one, they call it genetic. It's a little scary. But there is some genetic determinism. If you don't believe it, you wait a while and look in the mirror. And you're going to see your mama. Let me tell you, so you're going to see your daddy. <laughs> or you're going to see one of your kin folks. You go, my God, what has happened to me? <laughs> you walk like him, come on. And you talk like him. It's a genetic determinism, man. Like, wow, how can we overcome that? So, <clears throat> dieting or something, all right? Exercise. So genetic determinism, which means I am what I am because of what my mama, my daddy, my grandma, grandpa, the genetics. And genetic determinism is very real and can control your life. Genetic determinism. But if you get born again, one translation is when you get born again, you have been re-fathered. Well, let's try. You've got to know who the baby daddy is. So I'm going to tell you, when you get born again, <laughs> when you get born again, come on, you have been refathered by the Almighty God. Come on, with the genetics that come from the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, you have been like refathered. Amen. So if anybody asks, say, well, who you think you are anyway? You say, how much time you got, man? I got about an hour to tell you. To know who you are. And what produced that? Genetic determinism, number one. And number two is they call it psychic determinism. Psychic or psychological determinism means you are what you are because of the way you think. Are your experiences the same thing? Sometimes people say, well, if you knew, you know, my experiences, you'd know why I'm the way I am. 
right? Now, if they say, if you knew what happened to me, you'd know why I'm the way I am. Now, look at them. Look at me now, honey. Sugar plum. Don't you like when you go to those little restaurants, they call you honey all the time. Hey, baby. Hi, honey. You know, it's like a 50-year-old woman back there. Yes, I said, yes, ma'am. Yes, honey. I just, honey, I'm right back. So, yes, baby. <laughs> so, listen to me, darling. <laughs> darling. I like how they call you darling. Would you like some more beans, darling? I said, yes, honey. Never met you before in my life. All right, so darling, listen. <laughs> Come on. If A lot of times you can see why people are the way they are if you knew what happened to them or their experiences or the people they listen to. Come on, that's going to fix your brain on what you listen to. Right? Now, I used to listen to rock and roll music all the time until I listened to Brother Hagin. I decided that wasn't good for me no more. He said, let me listen to that. You don't want to say that. You don't know a highway to hell. You want to keep saying that? I said, no, I don't want to say that. Right? So I even like country music, so I heard, what's her name, uh, singing, I Fall to Pieces. Patsy Klein, she's saying. she got a beautiful voice. And so she was playing, you know, in the TV advertisement or something. I fall to pieces. So I started singing that. It just gets stuck in your head, you know. I fall to pieces. And the Lord said, what would you say? I said, well, Patsy, I fall to pieces. And the Lord said, you do not fall to pieces. I said, I don't fall to pieces. <laughs> so you've got to be careful <laughs> what kind of song gets stuck in your brain. Come on, well, you listen to teaching. You listen to the word of faith. Come on, you can, amen, those, those kind of things. So gene, uh, genetic environmental determinism means I'm, I hang out with redneck. Our minister, he's got tattoos all over him. His, you know, he does the rap music, and he's like raised in, uh, uh, where was he raised, in Florida, and his mama was a prostitute. You know, his daddy had a bar, and da-da-da-da-da, and he's running the streets, got arrested for armed robbery how many times? Ten times. He attacked, we got saved, made Jesus the Lord of his life, a new creature in Christ. Pastoring now in Philadelphia. I tell him, man, I saw all that stuff. You rob people, you rob stores, you tattoos, you raise on drugs, you selling drugs, and look, you have survived. I said, I've got a better testimony than that. I was raised in church. They tried to kill you in church, I'm telling you. And then I got in the nursery and then the youth group. I mean, I've been abused by the best, buddy, I'm telling you. So, so I'm just <laughs> my Lord. You don't have no testimony. I tell you a testimony. Kill you in church and say God told them to do it. So, so environmental determinism. So you got environmental determinism, psychological, psychic, are what happened experiences. So if, wow, that's why uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 20, where it says, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. So one translation says, God's work in Christ far exceeds any damage done to you by Adam's fall. All right, let's try it one more time. Romans 5.20. In other words, this is King James. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Lobach translation says, God's work in Christ far exceeds any damage 
done to you by Adam's fall. Come on, quit looking like and acting like you are damaged goods, man. You are a new creature in Christ, and old things have passed away, and everything has become new, and your future and destiny is not directed by where you got wounded or hurt. Come on, or whatever happened to you, because what happened on the cross is greater than anything that has ever happened to me. So what God did in Christ by the power of his blood set me free from the past, set me free from what men have done or have not done. In other words, I'm a new creature in Christ. Oh, Things have passed away. Everything has become new. Jesus changes everything. Woo! Come on, let's try it. I said, Jesus changes everything. Glory to God. The power of his blood. Wow, what happened on the cross and what happened in the resurrection of Christ. And now you've been engrafted into him. All right, look at Galatians 2.20. I'm just about, I just got you there. Praise the Lord. Amen. Everybody say, Jesus changes everything. I am a new creature. Come on, I've got a new spirit. I've got a new heart. I've got a new nature. I've got God's love nature on the inside of me. That's in my spirit. That's the real me. Come on, and you say, well, how am I going to know that's the real you? Well, you walk out there and get hit by a truck. Your body going to get squashed. But the real you going to come right up out of your body and go, whew, that looks like me over there. But the real you, <laughs> the real you going to come up out of your body. And, and people that have been resuscitated said, actually, your spirit comes out of your mouth. And levitates or starts going up, escorted by an angel in the realm of the spirit and will take you all the way to glory. You are more alive then than you have ever been alive in your life. So the real you. Come on, sometimes you like to even talk to the real person. Right? Yeah, you're talking to somebody, and you're like, uh, am I talking to your mother, your grandmother, your kinfolks, or your first husband? So I want to know who I'm talking to. <laughs> Y'all don't get mad at me. Take a number and get in line. Listen, I want to know. <laughs> I want to know if I'm talking to the last person who hurt you or who beat you up. Come on now. Or your last experience. I would like to talk to the real you for a minute. Yeah. Come on, not to your redneck self. I'd like to talk the real man on the inside, your spirit man. Did you know the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God can speak right to your spirit? And your eyes go, ooh. Paul said, when I pray in other tongues, when I pray in the Holy Spirit, Paul said, my spirit prays. And my brain you're so proud of that thing, and it's done so little for you. Listen, your brain, your spirit prays. <laughs> Listen, you, you ain't even functioning on one-tenth of your mental capacity. That's the smart people are hitting one-tenth. I mean, you're, you're like on like 0.1,000% of your brain still entertained by a video game. Listen, if you ain't more than that, we got problems. 
Come on, I mean, we got grandkids that are teenagers now. You're like, shake that phone off of them. Like, I'm going to shake that eye. I bought it for you. I'm going to hit you upside the head with it. Talk to me. How many know that God, come on, can talk to you? And your spirit has a dimension much larger than just your body or just your intellect. And Paul said, my spirit prays. My spirit is speaking divine secrets when I pray in the Holy Ghost. Woo, glory to God. <laughs> Thank God, that's another dimension here by the Holy Spirit. So you think about this. You think about... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we used to have these motorhomes all the time. So I, I still love motorhomes and RVs and stuff. I can hardly drive by one without saying, how much I got any new stuff? But anyway, so we go up there. So I just got rid of my last one up in Colorado, the uh, RV trailer. <laughs> but I used to buy like these 40-foot motorhomes, diesel motor, and they got every button in the world. But one very important button is right there by the steering wheel. And if you've been sitting somewhere for a week and your batteries go down, there's one button up there that will give you a boost, right? So you're like, you go to start and it goes, you say, Lord have mercy. All the money I spent on this thing, it won't even start. You just want to shoot them sometimes. So you're like, and then you say, oh, boost button. This thing will start right up. <laughs> and some of y'all always, always kind of like, your little brain. God didn't even create your brain to run your life with. He created your spirit to run your life. Come on, we got eternal affection and eternal direction, eternal destiny, right? And you, you're letting your brain run your life. That's why your brain breaks down all the time. Your brain's like, I'm overwhelmed. I just need a cinnamon roll. So <laughs> your brain gets overwhelmed. Yeah, doggone brain break down on you, you know. Come on, by the time you get old, you're just sitting in the chair going, what was I thinking? So you are a spirit. <laughs> right, let's read Galatians 2. I'm about out of time here. Praise the Lord. If you have to leave, go ahead and leave. I'll see you at 6. If you ain't coming back at 6, don't dare leave right now. Galatians 2.20. <laughs> this is on your identification with Christ. So there's a new kind of determinism. You're a new creature in Christ. Would that factor in what kind of a human are you? You got the love of God. Come on, you got the mind of Christ. Amen. The fullness of the Godhead joined to Christ. You got the spirit of God living on the inside of you. My Lord, you think that wouldn't make you a champion, an heir of God, and a joint heir with Christ? What kind of a human are you? In other words, he said, if you want the highest kind of faith, you must have a change of identity. If I was just 17, I'm like, all right. I just got out of jail. My dad and four deacons got me out of jail. I thought now would be a good time to start paying attention. <clears throat> 
And most of the deacons were kind of real self-righteous was in the elevator coming down to jail, you know. My dad and four deacons. Well, real self-righteous, but real quiet. It's a very quiet ride. <laughs> Got my picture taken. Years later, I was going deer hunting up in, in Canada, and, and, and they said, uh, have you ever been arrested? I said, uh, no, sir. And I thought, well, I actually have been arrested. I said, I'm 17. He goes, uh, I'm glad you told me the truth because I just saw it on your record. I said, but the charges were dropped. He said, even though they were dropped, they must be expunged. I said, how do you spell that? <laughs> so, so he said, you could... <laughs> Is that an S-punch or X-punch? I said, he said, what I got to do? He said, you got to get a lawyer in Texas to get that off your record. So a lot of times people feel they are forgiven, but only Jesus can expunge that like it never happened. There is no record that ever happened. Praise the Lord. You're a new creature in Christ. Amen? All right, look at Galatians 2.20. I am. I am. Now, the other translations are good because they're really connected to the past tense, but this is I am. The reason I like the King James is because it's I am. This is who I am, not who I'm trying to be, not who I'm going to be, not if I work hard enough, not if I go to church enough. This is what God did for me in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. This is what made me who I am. I am crucified with Christ. Oh, y'all still here? Amen. Amen. And you just don't survive crucifixions. In other words, you can't say, I went through that. It's rough, but I'm doing all right. No. <laughs> Crucified people do not survive. In other words, Paul says, my old man. One translation says, my former evil identity. One translation says, my old rebel self was crucified. Do you know anything about being a rebel self? You know, you know, like people telling you stuff, you're like, well, I ain't tell me, I ain't gonna tell me to do that. I ain't doing that. You who you think you are trying to tell me what to do in here. Y'all never had none of that? Oh, I had it all my life. I'm just like <laughs> Even my mama, she's trying to tell me, I said, Why? 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 I wanna know why? 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 She said, Well, that's the way I told you. I said, Why? I said, I told you, I said, I wanna know why. Well, I'm going out the window tonight. So anyway, so I am <laughs> tell me what to do. I found out that was a bad idea. My old sinful self. One translation says my old sin-dominated personality was crucified with Christ. My former evil identity was crucified with Christ. My old sinful nature was crucified with Christ. So what happened on the cross is more than just Jesus' crucifixion. Everything Jesus did, he did it for you and is set to the credit of your account just like you were there. In other words, one man, Adam, got us in this mess. And one man, Jesus Christ, the last Adam, got us out of this mess. So now my identity is what happened on the cross. What happened on the cross has changed who I am. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ 
lives in me. Wow, isn't that amazing? So this is not Paul's confession after you're a Christian for 40 years. He's not, this is the place I've grown to. No, this is your confession the moment you make Jesus your Lord. The reality of that will still be happening for the next 50 years. I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I yet not I. But Christ lives in me. Ah, there's a Huh. So God says, I'm going to change your definition of I. The next time you say I, you better think about what you're saying. Try it again. Next time you say I, you better think about what you're saying. Because now that you're a new creature in Christ, who I am, what happened there has changed who I am. Amen. Didn't say you don't have any struggles. They just do not become your identity. Come on, let's try it again. Let me snatch you by the hair of your head. Listen, I, come on, become conscious that you are saved, your sins are forgiven, but you are also a new creature in Christ, which means you have a new identity. Jesus changes who I is. All right, life which I now live in flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So here in Galatians 2.20, then go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 through 6, and I'll close with this. Ephesians 2, 4 through 6, I was crucified with Christ. Now go to Ephesians 2, 4 through 6. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us. Let's try that again. Ephesians 2, 4. But God who is rich in mercy. How many glad he's rich in mercy? Man. Man, I mean, this is not just a scripture. His mercies are new every morning. When you think you've gone too far and you mess things up, God's mercy is more than you can even imagine. His mercies, wow, his loving kindness. He's rich in mercy. You say, how rich is he in mercy? He's got so much mercy. The devil has to tell you you mess things up and you can't get it right. He's such a liar to try to accuse you and tell you you mess things up. You'll never get it right. Come on, you say God is rich in mercy. Did you know God's called the father of mercy? Well, there's no way I could put into words how much mercy God has. He is so merciful. I said, he is so merciful. So if anybody tells you you're too merciful, you say, thank you. That's the way my father God is. Merciful. His forgiveness, his loving kindness, all of those words are blood covenant words. Who you are in Christ is literally a blood covenant term that you're engrafted into Christ. Just like my grandson, Gavin, and Dylan, 
bone marrow transplant, stem cell, and now Dylan and Gavin have the same DNA. So they, so they told Dylan, if your brother Gavin messes up, you could be convicted for it because you have the same DNA. In other words, your identity now has come from Gavin because of the blood. Well, imagine what God has done for you in Christ in the blood of Jesus. Amen. He is rich in mercy. When you could not have survived, God sent Jesus, and he's carrying the blood of God. Amen. To give you eternal life. Wow. Praise the Lord. All right, let's finish reading this. I'm, I'm trying to finish here, but some of y'all is a little slower than others, so take me a little bit longer. Look at the person next to you and see if that's it. All right, God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Wow. His great love. You say, when did he start loving you like that? Before you were born. Before you were born. Scripture, and I think it is in, uh, in the Old Testament where it says about David after he had lost his son and then he had Solomon. And it says the Lord, that David got his new baby, which is a story of redemption. And it says, and how the Lord loved that child. Imagine when you were born, how the Lord loved you. He had a plan for you. The devil's done everything he can to try to stop it, destroy you. But God, rich in mercy, his love for you. If you ever get a revelation of the love of God and you just go, wow. You see your identification with Christ. He made us alive together with Christ. Gave us the same life that he gave to Christ. Gave us the same identical life. Made us alive together. Raised us up together. Made us sit down together. <laughs> Whoa. Man, you would have to, you'd have to actually try to get depressed. I, you'd have to be determined. I'm getting depressed, or I'm better. Everybody say I'm getting depressed. No, when you know who you are in Christ, you fight the fight of faith from that place. Not like you're trying to get to that place. God puts you in that place, and you fight the fight of faith from where I am now and who I am now in Christ Jesus, because of His blood. My faith in His blood. My identification with Him, and He raised us up together. Made us sit down together. So your spirit, come on, whatever's broadcasting there, your spirit. That's why you look different. Your countenance is different. Come on, you go in a store with all these people, you know, you go to Walmart, you know, to get a special. If you're a little middle class, you go up to Target, right? So you go there, and I still wear my sweatpants. But anyways, you go to Target. <laughs> You say, I'm, I'm an upper middle, upper class here. I go to Target. Matter you ain't going to Walmart. <laughs> Trenda don't want me to go to Walmart because I went there a few weeks ago and I found I found my favorite shirt. I couldn't find none at Target. I found my favorite shirt. You know, a sleeveless shirt, you know, they're black. Ain't nothing. Just put it on and just walk around the house, go out in the yard, you know. <laughs> Four dollars, hallelujah. Let's get, I, got, I got ten of them, and I can just... Change the oil with it if I want to and throw it away. And just give me another. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I 
Praise the Lord. Once you know who you are in Christ, you're not limited. You're not stuck. Genetic, psychic, environmental, you ain't stuck. Unlimited life. You got the life of God in you. A God kind of life. Amen? And that's the introduction to my sermon. <laughs> Y'all getting scared now. That's the introduction to my sermon uh, this morning, and we'll try to continue it tonight. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen.